According to Barna, 64% of Christians today think that evangelism is optional. Let's change the stats. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. Tim, today we have another great conversation with Brandon Stewart, who leads Leading Second, an amazing organization. If you haven't checked that out, I highly encourage you to go to leadingsecond.com. Check them out. Amazing organization helping not just uh, lead pastors, but specifically helping teams and and staffs and, and working with churches in strengthening the whole team. Mm-hmm. He also is a key contributor and leader of Team Church, which is a great conference, also a, a kind of a loose organization, affiliation of relationships of pastors all over uh, the world in connecting and building the church. Uh, so he connects with a lot of pastors, and he has a lot of insight into conversations he's had with pastors and teams and staff members in regard to COVID and all the crazy things that's going on. And so there's a lot of very interesting um, things. This was actually a very challenging um, interview for me because there's a lot of things in there that I was like, okay, I, I need to tweak in this mm-hmm. area and work in that area. And so I think this is going to be a great, great conversation for people to yeah tune into. Absolutely. I like we've been able to preview it. And so with that in mind, Kelly, I want to ask you a question. So Brandon mentions a little bit about his personal life and what ended up happening and how they kind of brought like home was the hub for them. And uh, so a lot of people in this season, just because their comfort walls are falling, they're renovating, they're reevaluating. So I kind of want to ask you, and I think our audience would be very interested in know, what have you had to reevaluate or renovate in this last kind of season? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I think everything, like, I, I don't know if in this season, uh, just the nature of everything you, you start to look at and evaluate all of your priorities and what's most important and and things that were important before when everything's full steam ahead and we're yeah. kind of in in that growth season, then things seem more important than they really are. But when everything gets shut down, you reevaluate all of your priorities. But I think there's a lot of things that I've renovated um, and worked on. But I think just in the last uh, four or five months, I've really uh, reevaluated a lot of uh, my my personal health and Mm. when gyms got shut down my health routine went out the window and for a while um just trying to keep things afloat and and moving um that went to the back burner and about i don't know november december i decided okay enough is enough i gotta take this seriously and so reevaluated my my health and reprioritized just kind of how i was taking care of myself and realizing that okay this is this is a marathon this is not a sprint and I need to be able to be at top of my game and and not feeling I was feeling more tired than usual before and just uh, through all the stresses and and different things that were just throughout the season, but felt like I needed to have a little bit more endurance and strength and right. and changing my health and my eating has really affected I think just my endurance and being mm-hmm. able to, and strength in that way. So so how that, is that Peloton bike? The Peloton, yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh, dr- drank that Kool Aid yet, but um, yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, what a great time to start a company. Though. Sure, yeah, COVID, great. Um, anyway, this is, I'm sure there's lots that you've renovated. It's fascinating to hear 
how uh, Brandon reevaluated everything mm-hmm. and priorities, rearranged priorities and different things, and how, again, running a parachurch ministry based on travel, how when everything shut down, how he uh, worked through all of that and, and kept going and is coming out of it stronger. So without further ado, let's go to our conversation with Pastor Brandon Stewart. Well, hey, Brandon, so good to see you. Welcome back to GoCast, my friend. Hey, so good to see your face and be talking with you today. We were supposed to be together, by the way. It's been a year ago now. I can't believe we're yeah, still doing you this. Were, I, <laughs> you were supposed to be with us. Like It was March 20th or something like that, and we had to cancel like the, the week of because everything was so disappointed. Our, our team was actually uh, talking about that very thing um, at our staff meeting last week that how we missed that. So, but it's great to see you. This has been, this has been a crazy, crazy year for all of us. We're all in the same boat, uh, regardless of what side of the border we're on or anywhere. Um, but it's, it's COVID's hit a lot of churches, ministries hard, but yep. man, it's dramatically changed your world because you travel primarily. And that's, so how have you been doing personally? We have been doing great. Uh, honestly, um, it's, it, we've had a bit of a different experience this year in that, uh, our life at our ministry was primarily on the road before, like you mentioned. And yeah. so this year being at home has probably been the single most recalibrating year of our lives. Like no, no exaggerating on that. We got, uh, we bought our first house this year, actually. So wow. we, we, we bought a house. We, of course, got a puppy because we have one daughter. She was, you know, saying she was a little lonely. So we thought we'll get a puppy, uh, which, by the way, I'm mad forever at the people who didn't tell me that getting a dog and getting a puppy are two very different things, mind you. Uh, <laughs> and so we got a puppy and she's lucky she's alive at this point. Um, and yep, then, yep. uh, we are, we both turned 40 and we are now pregnant with an unexpected baby. So we have an unexpected, you know, to us anyways, a child coming in June, our kids will be just shy of 10 years apart. So apparently we did everything you're supposed to do during COVID all, all of the things. <laughs> apparently. <we did>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's taking. So you're doing, you're doing fantastic. That is, well, congratulations on all fronts: the puppy, the baby, the house. Like, this, I mean, this is <laughs> COVID is great. So <laughs> yeah, right. So funny. I think Such I think a- COVID has been. It's created a lot of us to become. I don't know a lot of leaders that I'm talking to, and you talk to a lot of leaders as well. But I, I think a lot of leaders we're talking to. It's created us to become introspective in many ways yeah. and kind of yeah. reprioritize or reevaluate our priorities. So what have you been personally evaluating and, and adjusting this year? Yeah, uh, I, I've had a lot of time to do that, actually, when the planes stopped flying, you know, and we got a hold of the season and what it meant. We definitely had a lot of time. That's that, that's well said. And in fact, for me, uh, this coming summer uh, was uh, is my 20 years in ministry, Mark, and it was always planning on doing a bit of a extended time off then god just gave it to me a year early i guess <laughs> and so we, we definitely had some time to think and reflect and relax and so uh, i think what god has been speaking to me uh is is just on this idea of seasons in yeah. the book of ecclesiastes it says there is a time and a season for everything 
And we are no doubt in a new season in the local church. It looks very different. It feels very different. And I think we've been so tempted to assume that something is wrong because it feels different. I have been more of the mindset, and I feel like God has led me more to the mindset that uh, it's not wrong, it's just different. I mean, in the North American church the last 20 years, we've had a lot of blessing, we've had a lot of comfort, we've had a lot of, of good systems and strategies for how to do church, build church, our churches are in some ways a bigger than ever and and more multi-site than ever and stronger yep. than ever but not every season is harvest season and any any farmer would tell you you know there's also seasons for pruning and there's yep. winter seasons and there's seasons for planting that all play into the next harvest and i i think we're just in a season right now where church isn't up and to the right you know and and it's not Every weekend is bigger than the last, so to speak. But that doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong. It's just a different season. So So I think that that's been a really big meditation of my heart is is that to be okay with the fact that we might very well be in a new season uh, and be here for a little bit. That's that's so well said and and so good. And when you look throughout church history and you know read through the Book of Acts, there's multiple different seasons, and many of them, many of the most uncomfortable seasons in church history and in the Book of Acts, were some of the most uh, seed producing, seed scattering, productive seasons that set up what was about to come next. Absolutely. And and I was, you, know, you mentioned the book of Acts. Uh, I had a friend point this out to me recently. So interesting. Acts 1 and 8, you know, we can all, you know, quote that probably. You will be my witnesses. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We know that verse. But what we often fail to realize is right after that day, the day of Pentecost, for the next, you know, six or seven chapters in the book of Acts, the gospel primarily stayed in Jerusalem. So even though it was kind of the local church's mission statement to scatter the seed, the seed pretty much stayed in Jerusalem during those first few days and weeks. And, and when you go to acts eight and one, it said, it mentions the stoning of Stephen. And then it said, because of the persecution, the, the believers scattered from Jerusalem to Judea and yeah. Samaria. And then of course yeah. we know the end of the story to the ends of the earth. And and it's fascinating how it literally repeats Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth under the lens of persecution and scattering. But to your point, that was the very thing that caused the seed of the gospel to get where it needed to be. Right. And I think, well, and, and take that to what we've gone through this year. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's to the realm of persecution. Oh, we could argue that point, I guess. But um, <laughs> some of our governments are different than others. <laughs> but but it's it's been it's been I think we got comfortable, like you said, yes. in church going to the right and to do. We knew how to do church, how to do ministry. Yep. We we were growing within our four walls and all the rest of it, and then it just the walls got torn down. And now, uh, I've sensed with our ministry and with pastors I've talked to. We've had to get creative and have expanded beyond the walls, but we're now reaching people we've never reached before. That's right. 
That's right. So powerful. Like, so God uses anything. So uh, talk to us about uh, leading second. And for those who are watching or listening, um, might not know that you lead uh, a ministry called Leading Second, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Every pastor has to check out uh, Leading Second and check out your podcast, but also the resources that you uh, you give. Um, it's revolution. It's revolutionized our our staff, our team, and our church, and so we're so grateful for for you. But how how has you know all of that? I mean, this is this is your ministry, your livelihood all that and yet all of it's been effectively i mean you've had the just big time so talk to us about leading second as a ministry and some of the things that you've been working on yeah absolutely i mean i mean a year ago when you're my my trip to come be with you was uh, my first shutdown of of what would be seven months. Either didn't see that coming. Of course, God was so faithful over our ministry. When the plane stopped flying, we really had some strength and support surround us in the body of Christ, and our yeah. ministry has not skipped a beat. You know, in some ways this year, um, we've been able to transition a lot online. Of course, Zoom is my new best friend uh, <laughs> and um, or, or worst enemy, however you want to think of that, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah, I feel like we've been able to pivot very well. Um, our team is also just on an inside note. Our team is also volunteer driven. Uh, for the most part, but most of our of our team, our, our podcast has a team of, you know, five or six people that touch it. And that's all people that are also on their church team at their local church around the country, some some from Canada. And I'm saying that to say when things got really tough last year, we actually really uh, shut our ministry down for a bit. I just asked everybody to focus on their home churches. I asked Mm. everybody to just be present for their pastors. So we took a bit of a break and that allowed me to do some writing. That allowed me to do some resource development. And uh, so this year, I feel like we came out of the gate with our fourth season of the podcast with kind of a fresh fire in our gut, um, some some fresh conversations there. Um, but we're we're preparing some new resources for churches and some new coaching initiatives. That I believe are really going to be helpful. Just still kind of in that that building phase of all that right now but um i you know we we did what a lot of churches have had to do we had to pull back for a season but now i believe we're going to come back hopefully healthier more agile you know um stronger and so we're we're still still in that phase i feel like of just kind of starting to see the buds get above the dirt you know so to speak and reemerge. so good well i'm excited to see what you're i know season four of of the podcast has been fantastic and you can you can sense I mean, it's just been next level and the conversations have been so uh so so good well and uh, if i can say one more thing pastor kelly i mean i it, on a personal note one of the things that's driving me and drives my passion for leading second is the fact that our churches went through trauma this last year, I think one of the things we realized, my pastor would say this if he was talking right now, is that we had people in our churches that were assembled but not aligned. And so when people have exited this year, in many ways, it was the people that weren't really with us. They were in the room, but weren't really with us, you know, in some ways. Right. And but But my passion really got activated last year when I started realizing that wasn't for the two time a month church attender, that was all the way up the ranks of the team. I mean, I, I have never had a season where I had to coach so much tough transition in churches and so many trough staff, 
you know, exits. And um, it was heavy at times. It was really, it was really uh, crazy, the amount of transition and the nature of the transitions. And um, people in the second chair and on your team and teams everywhere took a hit this last year. And so our ministry, it's felt more like an emergency room the last year rather than an outpatient clinic. You know, it's it, it's felt like we were doing open heart surgeries when we weren't used to doing that. And we were, you know, we were, we were, um, you know, in kind of an ER standpoint, but I've seen God do some really great work. It's just been very significant, I guess, the amount of transition. So for any pastor listening who may have gone through a season like that, you're not alone. Transition has been everywhere. And I think I have felt like, like the the mission of our ministry has been more important than ever, even though it hasn't been real public in the form of podcasts and whatnot. We've been digging trenches, you know, behind the scenes, um, all throughout the season that have just been really vital and really important. Wow, that is that's so true. I I can say I'm you count me on that list as as pastor that's gone through some tr- tough transitions and feeling like. This has been a season of alignment. I've said that to um, to my wife multiple times and, and to our team as well. That it just seems like, it, you know, that the scripture and this, that came to mind for me in the middle of this whole thing is that everything that can be shaken seems to have been shaken, and and it's like God is is aligning. I like that because sometimes alignment, you go to the chiropractor, alignment doesn't always feel the best, <laughs> and you don't yep. instantly feel the relief. Um, sometimes it's painful and it's been a painful season for a lot of us pastors and, and leaders in that. Yep. But at the same time, that we know that it hurts so good, that it, it hurts, but there's but there's yes. a purpose behind this. There's a That's strengthening. Right. God is strengthening his church now more than I've ever seen in my ministry career or or lifetime that I, I think is is powerful. So I, I think that's a lot of pastors listening are saying, yeah, count us in. We're going through the same type yep. of <laughs> yep. al- uh, alignment, totally. not assembly. So, you, I mean, in the conversations you're having with pastors and, and, and leaders, what are some other common things that you're hearing from them, you know, in through this season? Yeah. Um, I feel particularly led to say this today, especially to you in your audience and anyone in your audience that would be in Canada. Well, we love our Canadian friends, by the way, and I, I hate that the border is closed. Drive me nuts. I could, I could drive to Vancouver if I wanted to, but I, I, I can't well, get there. Us too. We're only like <laughs> half an hour from the border and I can't come on. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but especially to anyone understanding that, that Canada is probably even in a bit of a different position than some places in the, in the United States. Um, our area in Seattle is probably right about in the middle of the two. Um, here's what I would say though. I feel really passionate about this, this idea right now. I have heard so many pastors and leaders use the language of reopening church. Okay. And that's because that's very common language now. Gyms are reopening, restaurants are reopening, uh, you know, you know, whatever industry is allowed to reopen at certain capacity. And so naturally we've adopted that language into the church and we say we need to reopen. And I just want to make a case for just a minute that that's the wrong target for us to be focused on. We are not reopening church. We are rebuilding church. Yeah, I, I challenge yeah. any any pastor 
uh, to read the last chapter of Second Chronicles and then read through the book of Ezra. Of course, the account and the story of God's people coming back from captivity, which, you know, it's the closest thing I could find in scripture to quarantine, you know, <laughs> uh, not as severe, but, but, you know, they're coming back from captivity and they now have to rebuild the temple. Of course, that was destroyed in the book of Ezra being about the rebuilding of the temple. And mm -hmm. the reason I say that is reopening tries to get us back to like the thing we were building before right. or the way we did church before. And man, I just want to argue we're not going back to the way in some of the ways that we did church before the gospel hasn't changed. The kingdom of God hasn't changed. Um, even, even our, um, our need to gather in rooms as God's people in an atmosphere of faith hasn't changed. The core, you know, of, of our mission as churches hasn't changed, but our methods absolutely will change. This will be right. a, a marker for all of us in ministry. We will remember ministry as before COVID and after COVID. Right. And um, I just think the longer a leader tries to hold on to reopening to get back to something is the longer we delay embracing the new work a new thing that God is going to do. Now, I'm not trying to say that I think pastors are going to preach to a camera the rest of their life and never be in the room with people. I, I, I do not believe that. I think that is a capitulation and that is not, um, that's not who we are as God's people. And so I'm not trying to make a case that like you're forever talking to your computer screen and that's all you're ever going to do as a pastor. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. If I have to sit on Zoom the rest of my life, I, I might go sell real estate or something. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I'm joking. But but the, the you know the, the point being is um, there will be methods that absolutely change after this. There are people that have come and gone since this. So we just, we can't have that mindset of, of reopening. It has to be about rebuilding. Go to Joshua chapter one. I don't mean to be blunt about this season, but go to Joshua chapter one. Moses, my servant is dead. Think mm. about how blunt the Lord said it to Joshua. I mean, this was his hero, his mentor, the you know, one of the great leaders of the Bible. And it's not like, I'm sorry, Moses is dead. It's it's not, you know, grieve and empathy for Moses be dead. No, it's just like, Moses is dead. But then it says this, and I'm reading this now. Uh, now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. Go uh, to the Israelites. I will give you every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. So the promise remains, you yeah. know, the word of God remains, but the season is new. And, and so just because Moses is dead, doesn't mean the promised land isn't near. And, and, and I think we just have to remind ourselves that this season might look different. It may feel different. It may have a different, just like the, the second temple was different than the first temple. We could talk about that for a minute. You know, the, the, the second temple wasn't as opulent. It wasn't as magnificent. There were people that wept at the site of the second temple because it wasn't as opulent as the first temple, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a significant season. 
for the for God's people for the nation of Israel. So so I could talk about this for a long time. I'm passionate about it, but you, the right target for pastors and leaders, in my opinion, right now is rebuilding because we're not going back to a season. We're embracing a new season God is bringing to us. Right. So on that, so let not use the term reopen. I think that's very they're very wise. But here, a lot of pastors and leaders talk about well, when we return back to normal, when life gets back to to normal, vaccines are rolling out, things are opening up, when life gets back to to normal. But what I hear you saying is, let's let's stop you know, that season. What was normal is dead, and and we need to press on for for the next season. So, well, let's yeah, let's maybe let's maybe consider some cultural aspects for a second. So so we we just talked about the word, but let's talk about about some cultural things that have shifted. I mean, work at home is dramatically accelerated now for right. our generation. Um, people invested in home workout equipment over the last year, Pelotons and home, the mirror gym, right? we, we got one of those. And so, so like people invested in workouts being home. Um, we did, we bought a house. Some people did projects around the house, bought new furniture, whatever, because now home is the hub. Um, real estate is, is hot in our area because people are moving into the suburbs to get more room. My point is there are some things that, that changed for people that are not reversible very easily. Even the fact that our kids will now think of vacations different. They will think of school different. They will think of their, my, my daughter went at the beginning of COVID, because we couldn't go anywhere, you know, she would get on FaceTime with one of her friends and they would play dolls over FaceTime. I was so sad for her, you know, so heartbroken that like, you know, it's a friend that lives 40 minutes away, but we couldn't see her. And now every Friday night they go and sit on FaceTime for a while, like it's normal. She doesn't even think twice about it. So what was weird is now normal because of how this year has rewired us. They're even saying the next generation after Gen Z is Gen C. You know, I've been hearing reading articles on that, which is generation COVID, you know, the generation yeah. that will forever be kind of marked. So it, all of that's premature, but but just the idea more has shifted than I think we realize right now. So of course the church is going to have to consider all that as we build and, and rework our methods you know, moving forward. So let's talk about some of those methods. I mean, I mean, right at this point, as we're talking, I mean, we're still not out of uh, COVID and right. all the lockdowns and all the rest of it. So as we're talking and your best guess going forward, what are some of the significant changes that you see in our methodologies as yep. pastors, leaders that you see yep. are going to forever change? Then this is purely some of my opinion. I'll be happy to be wrong if I am. I don't think I am. I think I'm always right, but I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, uh, but um, no, I think some of my um, hunches on this are that uh, gatherings will be essential. I mean, I'm I'm I remember the first time I stepped on a platform in front of a full room. Of course, it was in Texas. God bless Texas. You know, I, I stepped in <laughs> in on, and it was the most moving experience to see a room full of God's people. I mean, I I stood as I was taking the mic, I said to myself under my breath, I will never take this for granted again, you know, to get to be in this kind of an atmosphere. So there's no doubt in my mind, gatherings will return. Gatherings will be essential. However, I think what we do 
when we gather could change and adjust. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. We've lived in this season. I'm going to call it the church growth era or the church growth season. And something we have believed, and I, I even taught this and, and believed this, but we kind of, we, we had this idea that when we gather on Sunday, we're gathering for the unbeliever. We're gathering for the person that doesn't know Jesus yet so that they can come into a place that is relevant and they can, you know, understand who Jesus is and meet Jesus. And we sort of had this outsider's uh, view of um, doing church. Yeah. I think now that is the aspect that has shifted online. I think that online is now the new front door of our churches. I think we will much more rarely have someone show up in person at our churches that hasn't first checked us out online. I think mm. that is the new front door. That is the new outreach. Uh, that is the new, and the word of God can be effectively preached online. I mean, I, yeah. I've heard some fantastic sermons from all over the nation and the world in the yeah. last year. So the word of God can very, very effectively be communicated digitally and, and you know, uh, on various methods online. What you can't do online effectively is worship. I mean, let, let's be honest, as much as we tried, like worship in my living room, eating scrambled eggs in pajamas, unshowered, was nowhere near as good as being <laughs> in a church building on a Sunday morning. Like, let's just get real about it. I yeah, know we yeah. tried and our, our so worship true. teams are heroes, but yeah. like, like, no, we need to be together. There's something about the room and an atmosphere of faith. Uh, laying on of hands and prayer can't happen, you know, on Zoom. Right. Um, communion and, and, and you think about some of the, 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 the markers and the things that we do when we gather. So my, my assumption is that gatherings will continue to become more and more, uh, for believers and more and more for people who are in the church, they'll become a little punchier and a little more potent. And that when people make it to a gathering, they've already checked us out online anyways, and that there will be a richness and a hunger that return to our gatherings. I think that's one of the bigger shifts that uh, could happen in in just methodology and how we do church. I think another is that um, the church is going to have to return to a sense of family. Um, yeah. I think we we have often focused on different aspects of the church, you know, the, the side of the church that is the house of God or the side of the church that is the body of Christ. But another f picture we see in scripture is that of a family and yeah. families uh, are a bit more organic and they do life together. And I think we're having to relearn what it means to be a brother and sister in Christ to people right now and how to truly do life as the family of God. And so I think that you know, when it comes to small groups and all that, I know we've tried to organize them. I know we've tried to make them neat and tidy and all that. I think there is an organic nature to this though, that has to be released in our church. It's a little more difficult to organize, but it's far more potent. And there is, I think a, a hunger for that and a return to that, that I'm seeing right now generally speaking across the landscape of the church. Yeah, that's so good. All right, let's 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 dig into that a little bit further. So if you know, let's just say if our outreach becomes more based on uh, online and I agree with you completely that people are going to check out online and are are ready and and will continue. Um if it if it's that's our front door. 
then we can't we can't just broadcast what we're doing in the room online anymore. There has to be we have to look at approaches on that. Any any thoughts or advice on like if that's our front door, what do we change? I, I'm still wrestling through that a bit. I've been I've been thinking exactly that. That um, if if you'll notice, I mean, I, everyone does online a little bit differently right now, but there's a lot of people that have leaned in toward the pre-recorded nature, you know, of online. I, I know plenty of worship teams that do worship, you know, for the the broadcast and then do it live in the room, and those are two very different, you know, yeah. things. And so that that's already happening. I'm just wondering if it's just not here to stay. And I think even some things can be um, more specially and uniquely done for an online or an unchurched audience that may be a bit different than what's happening in the room. I mean, Pastor Kelly, let's be honest with ourselves. And I think it's time that we get honest about this fact. We are a peculiar people. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 word, the word says that of us. There are things about our faith that are just plain peculiar, like just plain weird. Yeah, and yeah. I think in, in we had good intentions because we want to win a city for Jesus. In our good intentions, I think we tried to de-weird like any part of church that we had to. I just wonder if that blurred the line into also taking some of our power away from us. And mm. so it is not inauthentic to speak differently and talk differently and sing differently with someone who is not a Christ follower, who's, you know, kicking the tires and checking this thing out than with believers in the room. I guess I just want, pa I, I would hope pastors get free of that. That is not being inauthentic. That is being sensitive to your audience. We don't need to be seeker sensitive, but we can be seeker aware and, and create modes and methods of communications that speak to unbelievers that meet them. Maybe, maybe your sermon needs just a little bit more explanation or, or the worship service needs a little bit more explanation to it. But, but when you're in the room with believers, we can embrace who we are as a spirit filled, you know, church, the body of Christ that he's moving in today. And I, I do think that over time we could see a little bit of separation in that for sure. That's, that's so good. I think there's a, there's a couple of things that come to mind as you're, as you're talking. I think one thing that, that I've realized as a pastor and what COVID has revealed is that um, the depth of our discipleship hasn't been as strong as we yes. thought. And, and we're seeing that, that, you know, when things shake a little bit, that our foundation isn't as, as strong on the rock as we thought it might have been that some drifted away and are probably not coming back. Um, and, and that's, that's on us, I think as pastors and leaders, maybe because we were too seeker sensitive and not seeker aware enough, maybe because we just, we got so in, in the mode of church growth that we, we missed, missed the church depth. So I think evaluation, these conversations, conversations that I've been having with my staff for, for the last, you know, six, eight months. In fact, you're talking online. We're launching a brand new online campus uh, on Easter wow. Sunday, just wow. revamping. You know, and we're going. Well, what is it? Well, we we said, okay, let's let's stop just broadcasting, even pre-record, not pre-record. It's not a broadcast. Let's find a way to to do ministry online to connect people mm. as much as we possibly can online, um, and and relaunch it from there as an official campus and all that. Mm. Because just that going. Okay, this is something's changed, and we're for forever change. Now, I've also heard that uh, a about a quarter of the churches in America right now are uh, are 
closing their doors or potentially closing their doors because of not being able to survive the pandemic. So how do how do we as the big C church, how do we respond to something like that? Like, do we panic? Do we like, how, how do we as the church, what do we moving forward? What do you see? Yeah, I've I've had some of those conversations where I've been on the receiving end of the phone call, pastors calling heartbroken because they're having to close, you know, their church, mm. and um, it it yeah, it's heavy every time. Uh, but what I try to remind them, of course, I'm the leading second guy. I'm the guy that believes you can be a part of something bigger than you, you know. Yeah. And so I've just tried to remind people of that that nothing's changed about God's call on their life, nothing's changed about um their ability to um, reach people for Christ, especially if they merge into or fold into or become a part of another church or, you know, a different house, which I pray they would. Um, And uh, actually, to be quite honest, you could even, if you find yourself in that place, you could even find yourself being more effective. Um, Mm. I, I feel more effective. I could go plant a church tomorrow. I have enough seasoning. I have enough relationships. Um, if, if I felt God was calling me to do it, I could go do it. There's nothing stopping me from yep. doing it other than the fact of God hasn't called me to number one, which is important. Uh, and then number two, um, I just believe I'm more effective, uh, being a part of something. I mean, when, when I'm a part of our house, I, I get to minister to hundreds, if not thousands of churches every single month through the different, different things and avenues, you know, that we do. I couldn't do that on my own. You know, that, that, that's because that's because of the house I'm a part of. And, and I, I think that there's some pastors and some team members and leaders that will also find themselves getting that revelation, you know, in this season that, that just because one season, let's not, let's not push back against pruning, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Let's not push back against the pruning season. Um, Jesus taught us that the one that doesn't bear fruit, he casts off, but the one that does bear fruit, he prunes. So if you're being pruned, it's not a sign that you did something wrong. It could be a sign that you were doing something right, but God's just getting you ready for even more fruit. Wow. 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 So good. So talk to the pastor who's, who's contemplating having to close the church doors or calling it quits themselves. I like, I talked with a lot of pastors. Um, some of the older ones are saying, this is going to be like a rebuild. This is going to be like a replant. I don't know if I got the energy to, to start all over again or the younger guy who's just going i just not feeling like they're they they're competent enough to to i don't know what to do and feeling that uncertainty so man talk to that pastor right now what advice yeah. do you have for them to, to hear okay number one here i'm called but am i called to be the senior leader or should i be more effective could i be more effective somewhere else yeah i mean you you, you brought up you brought up several scenarios and I think there's, there's many of those out there. Um, I mean, I've, I've wanted to quit many times this last year. If I'm honest, I I think I did quit a few times in my mind this last year, but the rule I've always subscribed to is feel free to quit tonight. If you want to just sign up again tomorrow morning, you know, (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. We're walking through a very significant season and go easy on yourself right now. If you're experiencing that, it's not always going to feel this way. This is a season. It's not always going to be this way. Give yourself a little bit of grace. If you're, if you're there in your, in your humanity, 
you know, but just wake up tomorrow morning, get your confession on and sign up again for ministry. Take it one day at a time. Um, but don't you dare make a, a permanent decision in a moment of fatigue. Permanent decisions are, are better made when we're on the other side of kind of these stormy seasons, but I wouldn't be making a permanent decision in a storm. I would be holding on, holding fast until this thing blows over, then make your decision. But yeah. if you make one now, you could end up making an emotionally driven or, or situation, you know, circumstance driven decision you may not like, you know, later. In terms of the person, like I was just talking to a minute ago, who might find themselves, you know, joining a picture that's bigger than themselves, I just say, um, ask God to bring you to and take you to a place where you can be aligned and you can be all in. And I know that it's different going from being a senior leader uh, to a, a second chair leader, but just take my word for it. There's incredible effectiveness and there's an incredible grace that God brings to people who do find themselves in the second chair. And you may be in a different seat, but you don't have to consider yourself less effective that God can still use you, you know, in, in a really significant way uh, in that season and, and, and take heart in that. Well, and I think, I think you, when you're talking about seasons again, uh, when we're seeing a shift in, in the season of the church, there's no doubt that there's going to be shift in the leadership of the church. And I think in the church growth season, which I, I, I love how you turned that and it makes a lot of sense and going, yeah, that's the season we were in, in that church growth season where everything was about church growth and, and all of that. Everybody felt like, well, if I'm called, I'm called to be the lead guy. And if I'm called, then I should be this, you know, many felt that way. Or, and so many stepped into that feeling, like, well, I got to call a God in my life. So then I got to plant a church. I got to do that. That's, that's kind of what expected of me. Your ministry has, has, I mean, empowered leading second in, in many ways, very, very effective. But as we shift into this next season and and where there's more kingdom minded, the thing we're part of is bigger than the part we play, that we can be more effective. Um, maybe we should reevaluate all of our calls and saying, okay, how how could we be more effective for the kingdom? So how, how would you walk somebody through that personal valuation of, okay, where where am I most effective? Hmm. Well, first of all, I think we have to remember what the call is that we are, um, I mean, if you want to talk about your highest call, your highest call is to build the church. Yeah. We're not primarily called to plant a church or to be a worship pastor or to be an executive pastor or a lead pastor, or that's not our primary call. That is the yeah. outworking of our call, or I would even say a secondary call. But the primary call hasn't changed. You're still a church builder. Like you, you are still called to love God, love people, build his church. And so you can anchor in that. Mm -hmm. You can have some resolve. The call hasn't changed. So I think, first of all, we have to distinguish between primary call and secondary call. And yeah. now secondary calls, I have noticed, can be very seasonal. You know, and and so I, I I would be taking into account age and stage of life for sure. And let me just speak to that one for a second. I think there are some pastors that are older, maybe over sixty. Let's say, I think they're. I'm just going to be super bold. Yeah. I think there's some pastors over sixty that need to quit. 
and and what I mean by that is, I think you need to embrace the fact that probably your greatest um, contribution to the kingdom of God will not be being the primary decision maker anymore, but will be being a father. This is one of the greatest transformations I've seen in my pastor this year, which gets me so excited about where we're headed. He's right about 62 years old, I believe. I have seen so much of a father's heart come out of him this year. You, you've talked to him, you know, yep. he's, he yep. is, he, I see him wanting to make less decisions right now and empower others and simply father them. So there could be some pastors who are in that stage. You do need to quit, at least quit in the way that you know, and yep. embrace being the the father, the mother, the spiritual parents you know, that you are, because when you get over 60, you now have wisdom and perspective that we need. So Mm -hmm. I find I'm 40. I find myself often leading up and telling my pastor, like, here's where I think we should go with our ministry and with things. I'm getting the, the, the privilege of leading up. It's been a really, really fun season, but I still need his father's wisdom. I can't do it without dad. You know, I, I still need, it's 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 vital. It's essential. So I just wanted to speak to that for a minute. I'd be considering stage of life. Pastor, pastors that are over sixty are in some of their most effective years. They just may not be the primary decision makers. Yeah. Pastors so oh, pastors over 40, 40 to sixty, you're more in your power years. You know, you're more the, the these are typically the prime decision makers, you know, in our churches. These are, you know, these are more the um, you know, the the the, the point men, the, the pioneers, the leaders. Yeah. Pastors and leaders in that are 20 to 40 um are still, you know, if you're in your 20s, you're still recalibrating, you're still learning, you know, you're still you're still getting your legs under you. So I think I think just season of life and understanding each season of life is really important for evaluating call. I would also be looking at gifting and strength. If I'm honest with you, like I could like I mentioned before, I could go pl- pastor a church tomorrow if I wanted to. I just don't know if I'm gifted to. I love being strategic. I love coaching. You know, I love all the things I get to do. To be really honest, I hate message prep. You know, well, that's a problem. When you got 40 something (laughs) sermons, plus other things, you got to prep for in a year. I mean, you know, and and so so one of the number one questions I ask guys who come to me and say, I want to plant a church is I say, do you like message prep? Because if they say no, I'm going to say, well, you've got a major problem. Cause you're yeah. going to spend 20 hours a week doing that. Um, yeah. then I, then I'll say, how do you enjoy leading a finance, an organization financially? Do you enjoy thinking about building leases? Do you enjoy thinking about building purchases and, you know, construction? Do you enjoy, because you're going to do a lot of that too. In, in other words, I think, I think gifting and, and strengths play into it. And I think I see a lot of guys that have good hearts, but they want to preach, but they don't take into account the realities of the strengths that are required for lead roles versus secondary roles. So, you know, I I think gifting, gifting plays a big thing into it too. And being honest about, about what is my greatest contribution to the body of Christ and finding a role that matches that rather than thinking if I don't pastor my own church, I'm not successful. It's absolute garbage. And I think we're going to blow a hole in that in this season that you can, you can run strong for God 
and you can fulfill his plan for your life and you could never touch the first seat and go to go to heaven and hear well done my good and faithful servant yeah hey man that's so so good so talk talk to the pastor and 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 leader who who's feeling alone um in the season and probably even more alone now because one of the things that that we are lacking and and just talking with some other pastors about this is you know we're feeling you know we feel tired in this season more than than most but we're going but we don't get the conference or the ref, the, the conferences and the yep. refueling and the hanging out with one another that's really strengthening which we as pastors we need to hang out with one another we need these things so give us some resources and connection points that you know the pastor who's feeling alone uh unsupported tired that you know connect you know resources connection points that 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 it can help them where they're at. Let me start with this thought, Pastor Kelly. So my wife, like I mentioned, is pregnant. As of recording this, she's just about to go into her third trimester. Because of age, health, COVID, all of it, she's been primarily home, you mm. know, for, for a few months. I mean, she's not gone on any trips with me. She doesn't see a lot of people, a lot of friends. She's just kind of home. She's an Enneagram seven, which if you know anything about Enneagram, you would know that is a horrible combination, you know? And, uh, the other day I just, I told her, I I feel like this really helped. I said, Hey, just remember, you're never going to have this season back again. The season where you have one kid and you have the ability to rest a little bit. I said, honestly, enjoy it. Because in about three months, we're in chaos again and we have new life in the house and we're never going back. Like, like yeah. once we get to that point, we're now never going back. And I think that really helped her to realize, okay, you know, I'm a little isolated right now, but I'm going to rest and I'm going to breathe a little bit and I'm going to love making school lunches and making dinners for my kids. I'm going to love taking them to ice cream. You know, like I'm just, I'm just going to breathe for just a minute because this season will not be forever. So I think one thing I would say to pastors is just breathe. Like God is so faithful and he will be so present to you. I've had, I'm ambitious. I had to give myself permission in this season to just stop and breathe. We do have a very real issue going though in the fact that this season has kept us all away from each other. We've been told that people could make you sick. People are your enemy, so to speak, you know, you, we wear masks because you're a threat to me. And then of course we all stayed home and all the events closed. So we do have to be very, very intentional about relationships. I'm noticing if I'm not intentional, I can go days without talking to somebody outside of my family and it's not healthy for me. So it actually needs to become a scheduled part of your day. Like in the morning, take out your list and and ask God, who should I connect with today? Who needs to hear from me and who do I need to hear from today? Yeah. You know, so 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 take time in the morning to just be intentional about about thinking about the people that are in your life. You know, and then actual schedule time in the day to um, reach out and make those connections. It's not an interruption to your day. It's actually part of your day now. In terms of resources, there's a lot of conferences going digital. Um 
I'm really excited. I can't say anything just yet, but I'm really excited to share even Team Church. We have some unique uh, resources we're going to put out this year digitally uh, through our conference and stuff that I think will help in this season where the borders are closed and we can't get together. So there are definitely resources, but I just think you have to be intentional about about making time in your day. So I will randomly FaceTime people right now. If they don't pick up, they don't pick up, but I will, it's, it's actually really funny. The conversations I could end up in and people that just randomly will answer a FaceTime call with no warning, you know, That's and awesome. I, I, I've just started doing that more. It's fun. It breathes life into me. No, it's not the same as a hug. No, it's not the same as being in the room together, but this is only a season. So just be intentional now and realize this is only a season. Breathe a little bit, take some pressure off yourself for a little bit because this season will eventually come to a close. So good. Well, this has been uh, awesome and such a pleasure to to talk with you. Always amazing to pick your brain and 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 talk church with you and to see the passion in you come out and and stirs the passion in me. But um, anything before we close, anything that on your heart that you want to want to address or yeah. I I something very specific actually. I talked earlier to um you know, probably more the, the spirit led people or the feelers like myself, you know, we talked about gatherings being potent and, you know, all that. And so said all that. Now I want to talk to the, the, the word people for a second. And, and, uh, I want to say this, um, we live in an, in a culture and in a season right now where truth is under attack and truth is under questioning. And I think one of the things that has stuck out to me so much in this season is we need to deepen some wells in the church. Yeah. It, yeah. It's time for us to go deeper and it's time to anchor ourselves. It's really funny to me. And I think God will do this if you just stay close to him. Right about January 2020, I felt God tell me literally the phrase, go back to school. And I, I actually looked around at some schools because I thought like, okay. I'm like, I had no time to go to school. You know, I had no, like, like, how was I going to fit that into 20 days of travel a month and, you know, leading to ministries. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you want me to go to school? As it turns out, I ended up having time last year and I actually found some resources online that have really helped me like theologically deepen. And I've actually been intentionally doing that right now. I've been realizing that, that, that truth is under questioning. People are deconstructing their faith in this season. And as believers, as leaders, we need to have something to say. And it's not going to be as simple anymore as just throwing them a, a message from a sermon and saying, hey, listen to this. We actually need to be able to walk people through theologically and fundamentally who we are as God's people, what we believe, the orthodoxy of our faith. And so I'm in it right now, by the way. I'm in like a four-year program doing that. And, um, you can make time for it. It turns out. And, uh, I just think it's a season to go deeper, to anchor deeper, to fill ourselves with the truth of the word of God, because it will be life to people. We just have to be able to present it in a way that is accurate in a season that truth is under attack. That is so good. And yeah, I, I would completely agree. I've, I've been feeling the same pressure that again, because everything that got shaken was shaken that it became apparent to me that our discipleship, our, our anchors weren't as, as solid as we thought. And so I would agree that that is, that's well, well, well said and well taken, man, this has been so good, Brandon. Thank you so much again for your time. 
Um, man, where do, where do people get a hold of you? Absolutely. Hey, I, I've loved talking with you today. I could talk for hours. Thank you for the the honor and the opportunity. Um, yeah, Leading Second is just simply leadingsecond.com or at Leading Second on Instagram. We have the Leading Second podcast on um, all podcast platforms you can check out. Um, I'm Brandon M. Stewart on Instagram. Happy to talk with anyone, help any leader we can just to stay healthy and stay strong in this season. Man, and I'd encourage every pastor to definitely follow Brandon and what he's doing and, and check out those resources. They're very helpful. Thanks again, Brandon. This has been great. Hey, I love you guys. Another fascinating conversation. So much in there. Um, yeah, man, so much rich content this mm -hmm. season. It's great. What stood out to you in Brandon? So he talks so much, like we hear all the time about gyms reopening and restaurants reopening, and we can't look at the church the same way. I love how he puts it. We need to look at the church as we are rebuilding. So this is a reconstruction of what is new and what God is doing in this season. So that 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 fired me up. Yeah, I think it's fascinating when he talks, you know, again, uh, I think we've heard that a couple times this season, you know, that Joshua 1 scripture, Moses is dead. Yeah. In other words, don't dwell on and, and mourn the past, focus on the vision forward. Mm -hmm. I found it challenging personally when he talks about, you know, the church growth season that we were in, that season may be over and there's a different season now. And, and man, that really, that really hit me because, hey, we're, I, I like church growth and, and I've been kind of groomed and, and taught through that whole season and successful in all of those principles and wanting to go back and apply all those principles, but going, okay, there, there might be a different season and there's something really deep there that resonates. And so mm -hmm. I think as pastors, as leaders, we need to press in a little bit more on that and going, okay, God, what are you doing? What does this next season look like? And yeah. how do we prepare for it in the best way? So man, there's been so much in the season that is so deep, uh, just another level of, of depth that is, I think is helpful for all of us at all levels. Yeah. So man, this is, we want to continue the conversation because, hey, we're as much in the dark as you, as anybody else. We're navigating all this together, maybe for the first time in my lifetime and in maybe in your lifetime. We're all, regardless of the size of our yes. church, we're all in the same boat uh, going through the same storm. So we'd love to have that conversation with you, hear what you're sensing from God and and what this season has has taught you and what you're renovating in your life, we would love to continue that conversation. How do people do that? For sure. You can catch this episode, the previous ones, and the upcoming ones by going to gocast.ca. You can also find us on a podcast playing platforms. Love to see you on Instagram. Connect with us. Let us know if this, uh, if this is impacting you at all. Yeah, please connect with us on all those platforms. We would love to continue that conversation. Talking about continuing the conversation, next week we continue the conversation with another Brandon. We have Pastor Brandon Barber of Elevate People Church in Houston, Texas, and uh, an amazing man, his ministry, he he's he does a lot. Yeah. Uh, this guy is a, a senior pastor of a church. Um, he also runs uh, inner city ministries. He, he, he and his dad run the largest prison ministry in Texas. We talk a little bit about that and, and what's happened through COVID with all of those ministries, wow. um, plus other things that he's been involved in with. He, we talk a little bit about the Texas snowstorm and all the craziness that yeah. went on and how they stepped up and what they did. It is remarkable. Yeah. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. So here's a little snippet of my conversation with Pastor Brandon Barber. We lead a very super diverse church. And there's multiple different beliefs and thoughts. 
And I just feel like that our job is to number one, point people to Jesus um, and, and keep that the center is what I've done, but also not ignore willing to have conversation. Uh, but I'm just not going to let it shift culture. Uh, we're going to keep culture based on Jesus. All right. Well, join us next week. Another great conversation with Pastor Brandon Barber. Thank you so much for joining us again at GoCast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.